What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast. Vieris y quidi iundo, we gather strength as we go. Now I'm coming at you from my living room, located in the beautiful, gorgeous, and expensive Livermore, California. Now you already know how we started off here at the Gathering Strength Podcast. Your boy Ruby Rube wants you to have that buff body, that buff bank, and that buff spirit. So on with it to the word of the day. Now the word of the day is pusillanimous. You ever heard the word pusillanimous? Well, my sister, she's the one who hit me to the game of this awesome word. If you've never been a pusillanimous type person, well, I'm sure at one point you were, but you were probably called a pussy instead. Now my sister, she sent me over a Instagram reel, and it turns out that me and this little old lady, we have something in common, and that's our love for vocabulary. Now don't get your panties all in a bunch because your boy Ruby Rube is teaching you some derogatory terms. I'm simply teaching you the Queen's English. Now one word that I'm, I am definitely going to be teaching my son is this pusillanimous word because I don't want him to walk around town or on the playground or get busted in his classroom for calling one of his friends a little pussy but he can probably get away with it if he calls him a little pusillanimous. And once again, knowledge is power, words are power, and the more that we know about these words, the more we can use them to our advantage. For example, like staying out of trouble. You can call your boss a pusillanimous. He's probably not even going to know what it means. Now, the definition of pusillanimous it is an adjective, and the definition is showing a lack of courage or determination, timid. Similar words are cowardly, timorous, timid, fearful, faint-hearted, lively-livered, and the slang word is a pussy. It's probably considered a little bit bush league to be in a work meeting and call out one of your cowardly co-workers and let him know how much of a pussy he's being for not stepping up to the plate. But you can probably get away with calling him a little pusillanimous type person. So once again, go ahead and add that arrow into your vocabulary quiver. And whenever the time calls for it, let that arrow fly. Now onward from the word of the day into today's subject of a podcast, aka the meat and potatoes. I call this the meat and potatoes because this knowledge, this wisdom is going to put some meat on your bones, hair on your chest, and it's probably going to drop your balls a little bit. This knowledge is going to allow you to understand a little bit more of how the world works, and therefore you can gain a firmer grasp on reality. Now, I recently finished an audiobook, The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. 
And I thought to myself, uh-oh, how am I going to make this interesting? Benjamin Franklin? Who the hell wants to learn about Benjamin Franklin? Well, I did. I like to learn about all sorts of things. I like to learn about astrophysics, black holes, black plagues, black cats, anything interesting. Hey, I'm, I'm just a curious type guy. And whenever I Google, hey, what are some good books to read? This autobiography of Benjamin Franklin comes up on a bunch of lists. And a lot of, the, a lot of these people who I follow, a lot of these authors, these people who read a bunch of books, yeah, this, this autobiography of Benjamin Franklin gets recommended all over the place. So without further ado, I use one of my Audible credits, one of my monthly credits, on finally jumping into this book. And I'm glad that I did. No regrets. That's what I have tattooed on my chest. No regrets. Now with all of the curiosities that I have, there's only so much time in the day. I'm only going to be on this planet for so long. And I was like, man, you know, I guess I'll just learn about Benjamin Franklin right now. And like I said, I'm glad that I did because he is one of the founding fathers of this beautiful country. And I wanted to find out and figure out for myself if in fact the myth that him and his kite and the key being electrocuted by a lightning bolt, if that was indeed true. Now I'm going to leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger for right now because let's jump into some hot Benjamin Franklin facts. How am I going to make this interesting for the listeners? Well... You gonna learn today. If you are not familiar with Benjamin Franklin and the impact that he still has on the world today, well, at Gathering Strength, we accumulate all types of strength. That buff body, and right now you're about to get that buff mind because you're gonna understand a little bit more about one of the founding fathers of this country. So let's dive right into it. Put on your bikini, your swimsuit, and that's sunblock because I'm going to expose y'all to some wisdom. And I say y'all because I'm half cowboy. So let's get into it. Down to the nitty gritty. Now I already know that you love Benjamin Franklin. And you know why? Because he is on that coveted $100 bill. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. And that's, that is what this podcast is going to be about. All about the Benjamins. Benjamin Franklin. So Benjamin Franklin, he was born the 10th son of 17 children. So his parents, man, they were bumping and grinding. 17 kids. You know what? Back in the day, the child mortality rate was very high. So they are probably like, you know what? We need to bang out as many kids because I got these crops that need to be pulled out of the the earth. I got all all these farm animals. I got things to do. And the dad was like, I'm just gonna keep banging out these kids. 17 of them. So he was born the 10th son of the 17 children of a man who made soap and candles. One of the lowliest artesian crafts. So man, his dad, he was one of the lowliest craftsmen. 
just making soap and candles. I do not know how to make soap and or a candle. I simply just go on to Amazon or get some, pick up some soap when I'm at Costco and I don't have to worry about it. And candles? Man, those things are expensive these days, so if Benjamin Franklin's dad was born and alive today, he'd probably be rolling in the, rolling in the candle dough. Have you ever priced out one of those Yankee candles? You ever wanted to eat one of those Yankee candles too? Because man, they smell delicious, but not worth the price. So at the, Benjamin Franklin, he was the youngest boy in his family. And at the age of 10, he was forced to leave school in order to work for his dad. And that was something that happened all the time back in the day because education, that was, that was a luxury. You had to be super rich to go out and get an education. But hey, his dad needed Benjamin Franklin to go out and put in some hours, put in some OT. He needed his kid to go out and earn a living at the ripe and tender age of 10 years old. Let's see, at 10 years old, I was playing in my room on some Super Nintendo, getting down on some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, some Excite Bike, probably some, some NBA Jam. But old Benjamin Franklin, um, he became a printer's apprentice at his brother's James printing shop. So Benjamin Franklin, he wanted to go to school but because they needed some money, they had to put him to work, like I already mentioned. So, it says right here, uh, Young Benjamin loved to read. Uh, he had him apprentice for his brother, who was a, uh, a printer. After helping James, that's his brother's name, after helping James compose pamphlets and, and set type, which was grueling work, at the age of 12 years old, Benjamin would sell their products on the streets. When Benjamin was 15, him and his brother started the New England newspaper, and it was the first newspaper in Boston. So little entrepreneurs at the age of 15. You know what? When you were 15 back in the day, that was equivalent to being 30. You already saw as much life as a 15-year-old as someone in their 30s does today. And that's why when you look back at a photo of one of these old timely people back in the day, like, man, that guy was only 30 years old? He looks 50. He looks 60. Because, man, it was so much harder back in the day. They, they didn't have all these lotions and creams. They didn't have water purifiers. They didn't have any of these things. They didn't have massage guns. None of that. So that's why they look much older. Life was tough. So because Benjamin Franklin, he loved to read and write, he was a little bit of a, a brainiac. And it says right here that Benjamin Franklin wanted to write for the newspaper, but his brother James wouldn't let him. And it looks like his brother James was like, hey, you know what, know your role. No one wants to listen to you, Benjamin. Go out and sell these pamphlets. And after all the begging uh, and, and pleading and all of the... Uh, the refusals from his older brother, Benjamin Franklin began to write letters in the night and he would sign them off with a fictional name, Silence Dogwood. 
So Benjamin Franklin was like, all right, bro, you're not going to let me write for the newspaper. I'm just going to submit these these articles that I write as I take the my quill and dip it in the ink. I'm going to burn the midnight oil and I'm going to write my own letters, my own articles, and I'm going to sign them off with a fake name, Silence Dogwood. So Dogwood was filled with advice and very critical of the world around her. So it looks like that uh, Silence Dogwood, he wrote it in the viewpoint of a, of a widow, of a woman. So it said that he would write very critical of the world around her, particularly concerning the issue of how women were treated. Ben would sneak the letters under the print shop door at night so no one knew he was writing the pieces. So here's something you can hang your hat on. How many times have you been told no? How many times have you been refused something that you absolutely wanted to do? Well, if we were to take some advice and and some insight from Benjamin Franklin, he didn't take no for an answer. He was able to find a way around his obstacle and break through and ultimately manifest his truest expression. Because if he would have just said, uh, if he would have just taken no for an answer, he probably would have been filled with resentment, with anger, frustration. And we all know where that type of, or harboring those type of feelings and emotions lead us to. But not, not good old Benjamin Franklin. So after Benjamin Franklin snuck his letters under the print shop door. Um, uh, so he snuck them under the print shop door so no one knew that he was writing the pieces. And every single article that he was writing, they were a smash hit. They were Bangers! They were fire, and everyone wanted to know who was the real Silence Dogwood. After 14 letters, Ben confessed that he had been writing the letters all along. While James' friends thought Ben was quite precocious and funny, James scolded his brother and was very jealous of the attention paid to him. So another thing that we can learn from this situation from Benjamin Franklin and his brother It doesn't matter, your friends, your family, your caregivers, they're all not gonna be supportive of what you accomplish. Some are gonna be jealous. Some are gonna wish you would just shut up and just do as you're told, fall in line. They're gonna be jealous of what you accomplish. They're gonna be jealous that you get attention. They're gonna be jealous of all of the goals and ambitions that you have and man this is something that is is an archetype because yeah like I said your friends your family they're gonna poo poo on your on your party so the haters even back then haters have been doing it since day one haters are gonna hate but we don't let them deter us from what we want we can take a little bit of Benjamin Franklin's philosophy and his indefatigability and we can apply that into our own lives and this is something that I love to find out about these stories about these men who have came before me and I learn about their 
seemingly insurmountable obstacles and what they did to persevere, their doggedness, their resilience, all that stuff fires me up. And the problems and the shitty circumstances that I find myself in today, I'm like, I might think that they are exclusive to me, that life is handing me a bag of dog shit, but that's not always how it turns out to be. So this is why I love to brainwash myself with facts like this, historical facts from historical figures where their stories and their testimonies stand the face of time. The autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, this book is going to be applicable to everyone at any point in their lives, no matter what, no matter who you are, you're going to be faced with an obstacle. You're going to be faced with expressing your dream to someone, the quote unquote gate holder, the gatekeeper, and they're going to say no. Now, we don't take no for answer. We just find another route because no one is going to stop us. Nobody can stop us from getting to where we need to be and where we want to go. No one can do it. All it is is obstacles. So once again, man, I, I love hearing stories like this. And you know what? Benjamin Franklin, he was only 15 years old. He was a little kid, but he was like, all right, brother, you're going to try to rain on my parade and stop me from, from pursuing my greatness or stop me from pursuing my creative expression. You know, his brother James could have been like, hey, little bro. Yeah, don't worry about it. I will put you front page. I'm going to put you in a place where I'm going to make sure you're, you're going to get read. I'm going to highlight you. I'm going to do all these things for you. But nope, his brother was a hater. Man, come on. How many can relate to that? Here's another interesting story about Benjamin Franklin. It says right here, uh, Before long, the Franklins found themselves at odds with Boston's powerful Puritan teachers. So check this out. Smallpox, that was a deadly disease in those times. And the Mathers, that is, uh, uh, I don't know, some, some Puritan preacher family, they supported inoculation. The Franklins believed inoculation only made people sicker. And while most Bostonians agreed with the Franklins, they did not like the way James made fun of the clergy during the debate. Ultimately, James was thrown in jail for his views and Benjamin was left to run the paper for several issues. So once again, hey, history repeats itself. We just went through COVID and that was dividing. There was a bunch of people saying, hey, we need these vaccina uh, vaccinations. We need this and that. And there was a bunch of people saying, nah, I'm good. And man, that was just... Something that, hey, Benjamin Franklin, he experienced that too. But his brother, um, he was the one who was speaking up and speaking out against getting the vaccinations. And he was thrown in jail for it. So, man, you know what? They didn't have uh, the freedom of speech back in the day because, hey, America wasn't formed yet. This was before, I, I think... Uh, 
at the Independence Day, 1776. This was back in uh, the early 1700s, so there was no America yet. Fascinating stuff. History repeats itself. So this audiobook was about seven hours. Way too much for me to cover in this little podcast, but the main aim is to hopefully sow a little seed in you that, man, there has been so many great men who have come before us. Right now, this is our time. We currently occupy the earth. We currently occupy um, this, this present time. But all of our problems, they have happened to everyone before us. And as I was already mentioning, history re- repeats itself. So do our problems. And how do we face our problems? Are we going to allow these quote-unquote gatekeepers from getting us to where we need to go? Or are we going to find another route to our promised land? Or are we just going to live out in the, in the desert with no resources because someone said no? Someone didn't allow us what we, what we wanted. No, we're going to be like Benjamin Franklin. We're going to find, find a, another way. So I'm going to bang out some facts right now about Benjamin Franklin. He only had two years of formal education. Now when I hear something like that, it makes me think. Because, think about it. Back in the day, there was no internet. There was no Google There was no social media. So I'm like, man, how did that guy learn so much? He only had two years of formal education, but he was able to... He was able to find himself in places to where he was making an impact. For example, Benjamin Franklin is the only founding father that signed all four key documents that led to the formation of the United States. These include the Declaration of Independence, the Treaty of Alliance with France, the Peace Treaty with Great Britain in 1783, and the United States Constitution. Man, how boss is that? Benjamin Franklin. His signature is on four key documents. Sheesh. How do you how do you parlay your yourself into those environments where it's like man, you don't have the network capable building capabilities as for example like you and me. We have our smartphones to where we can tap into communities to um, networks to resources Man, you know what, but my signature is not going to be on anything other than my my home mortgage but Benjamin Franklin he found his way despite all of his adversity he found his way to be in the round tables where four historical documents led to the formation of the United States. How heavy is that? 
so cool. So, uh, another interesting fact, Franklin became a hit writer as a teenager. Like I mentioned before, uh, he was able to sneak in his writings via a, a fake name. And man, he, he became a hit writer. Awesome. Another interesting fact is he spent half his life in unofficial retirement. Franklin arrived in Philadelphia in 1723, practically penniless. But over the next two decades, he became enormously wealthy as a print shop owner, land speculator, and publish, publisher of the popular Poor Richard's Almanac. By 1748, the 42-year-old was rich enough to hang up his printer's apron and become a gentleman of leisure. Franklin's retirement allowed him to spend his remaining 42 years studying science and devising inventions such as the lightning rod, bifocal glasses, and a more efficient heating stove. It also gave him the freedom to devote himself to public service. So once again, that makes me think about the things that I'm doing. Like, man, he retired at 42 from a, a printing press and writing. And there's an interesting fact that I heard. I don't know where I, I heard it from. But your wealth is going to be based upon your ability to read, write, and speak. So your boy Ruby Room, I've been reading like a banshee. I have been, hey, you know what? I'm also writing a book. I think the title is going to be called Everything is Fuel. I'm almost done with it. And I'm creating a podcast. So I'm sowing some seeds and I'm taking advice. You know what? I'm even embodying a little bit of what Benjamin Franklin is doing because he was a lover of reading and writing. So here I am trying to be a little bit like one of the founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. I'm trying to take my own destiny into my hand. I don't want to be working in my job forever, so I want to take the power out of my employer's hands and I want to put it back on to myself. And just because I plan on eventually quitting my my day job to do all sorts of things. I'm not just going to quit my job and stop working. I'm going to be like Benjamin Franklin where uh, hopefully I'm able to, to be rich enough to hang up my quote-unquote printer's apron and become a gentleman of leisure. Hey, you know what? That sounds like a great time to me. A gentleman of leisure to where you know I'm, I plan on retiring and being able to do the things that I want to do. When Benjamin Franklin was able to retire, he had 42 years of retirement, but he didn't stop working. He went out and created the lightning rod, bifocal glasses, and a more efficient heating stove. So the time right now that I give to my company, I'm paid with money. But what if I was able to devote all that time to myself? Maybe I might invent the next lightning rod. Maybe I might invent, rather than a bifocal, I'm going to invent a trifocal. Yep, I'm going to patent that right now. 
you can expect a trifocal, maybe even a quadfocal. Either way, it's going to be better than Benjamin Franklin's old bifocal, which is still being used today. Hmm, makes me think. Benjamin Franklin designed a musical instrument used by Mozart and Beethoven. It was a glass harmonica. I wonder what that sounds like. I'm going to have to go on Google and check out what a glass harmonica sounds like. According to this article, a glass harmonica is an instrument designed to replicate the otherworldly sound that a wet finger makes when rubbed along the rim of a glass. I don't know. That doesn't sound too much like a panty dropper when it comes to comparing, hey, you want to go and woo this lady? You might want to bring a guitar or a piano. And forget about that glass harmonica. You're all just dipping your fingers in water and rubbing it around a wine glass like... Like, man, what is he doing? Meanwhile, your boy Ruby Rube over here with the acoustic guitar gonna be playing Your Body's a Wonderland by John Mayer. And next thing you know, the bras and, and the panties, specifically my wife's, are going to be dropped and thrown at me. Here's another interesting fact. Franklin created a phonetic alphabet. Can you imagine looking at the English language and the alphabet and and you're like, man, I could do better. So Benjamin Franklin, while living in London in 1768, Franklin embarked on a project to give the alphabet a more natural order. Annoyed by the many inconsistencies in English spelling, he devised his own phonetic system that ditched the redundant consonants C, J, Q, W, X, and Y, and added six new letters, each designed to represent its own specific vowel. Uh, But it looks like uh, it was later scrapped after the project failed to arouse public interest. Hey, I'm interested because these words that I discover, they make me question like, why is that spelled like that? For example, physical. The proper spelling is P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L. So you're telling me a P-H is the same as an F. Physical should be F-I-S-I-C-A-L, but that's fiscal. What the heck? How about lingerie? Lingerie is spelled L-I-N-G-E-R-I-E. It looks like it should be read lingerie. Lingerie should be spelled L-A-W-N-J-E-R-Y. Lingerie. And you know what? The same frustration that Benjamin Franklin felt about the alphabet, alphabet, I'm feeling the same frustration right now. Don't even get me started on baloney. Baloney. Don't even get me going on baloney. You spell it B-O-L-O-G-N-A? Bologna? Baloney should be spelled B-A-L-O-N-E-Y. Baloney. But there's a G in it. Ooh, I'm 
getting pissed off right now. I need to change the subject. So I feel you, Benjamin Franklin. The English alphabet is annoying. There's too many extra words. And they all do the same thing like candy. You can use a K. K K-A-N-D-Y. But no, we use a C. And and then a C in scissors? Scissors should have a bunch of S's in it, but we use C's. Man, that bugs me. Who? Who's responsible? I need to speak to your manager right now. We're going to end it with Benjamin Franklin's inventions. He invented the lightning rod, bifocals, which are still used today. The lightning rod is also still used today. The glass harmonica, which is not going to be the best panty dropper if you're looking to woo a girl. He created the hand paddle for like swimming. So if you want to go swim faster, you put something on your hand. And it's similar to like what a painter would put on a, a, a palette of, of colors. You put that on your hand. He invented that. He invented the Franklin stove and Franklin's electrostatic machine. I don't know what that last thing is, but all of the other things that he invented are still being used today. And hey, don't forget, he's on that $100 bill. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. If you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. If you found it interesting, thank you. Go ahead and share it. Give me a like, a subscribe. And until next time, it's onward. Always onward.